Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and I hope you are doing well wherever you are. Today, we are continuing talking about module systems, and um, I thank a lot of you guys for writing in and giving me some pointers to follow up for module systems, uh, some interesting language designs and stuff, and I'm sorry to say I haven't managed to do that yet, (laughs) but I'm really grateful for people writing to me, so feel free to write and introduce yourself um, if you like, and tell me, you know, about yourself. I, I really like learning about who's listening to the podcast. And if you have suggestions or ideas or questions, that's great too. So just shoot me an email. You can find my email on my website for University of Iowa. Anyway, uh, so I was sort of thinking that module systems, I might be kind of done with what I had to say. I, I, we covered some, what I felt was for me personally was interesting ground and everything, but, uh, it, it sort of looked like maybe that was kind of the end of it, but I've got good news. It's not. <laughs> There's more to talk to about module systems. Um, and in fact, it's uh, going to be a good segue into uh, talking about some other questions about modularity. Um, in particular, I want to talk about modular data types, uh, it, which is a pretty interesting topic in um, functional programming. So, but to start with, before I go there, um, so I really think we actually have quite a bit more to discuss on this because today I. Um, in addition to these cool leads that people gave me, and I haven't followed yet, um, but we'll do soon, uh, there's also, um, I stumbled upon a, a line of work that I kind of knew about in the back of my head, but had s- sort of not quite connected up with our discussion of module systems, because most of the module systems we've been looking at, we're thinking of them, I mean, these are module systems for programming languages, but guess what? There are other kinds of languages that have module systems too. What? Really? What, which ones are those? Um, try mathematical knowledge management languages. <laughs> Doesn't that sound pretty awesome? Mathematical knowledge management. Well, I found a paper uh, by a German researcher who I, I haven't seen for some time, but I know personally, named Florian Rabe. And he uh, has got a design for a module system for formalization of mathematics. Um, and, you know, we sort of knew we'd already, in our discussion here in the podcast, we we mentioned Cox module system, which is, so that's a module system for a, a theorem prover. Um, but somehow, you know, because, maybe because, you know, Cox is using the Curry-Howard isomorphism, you know, so maybe it didn't really seem that different from a programming language. But um, this work by Rabba is, really is about something quite different from a programming language because... Um, in his setup there, they have a module system over on top of LF. And LF, which we've mentioned in this podcast before, it's the Edinburgh Logical Framework, um, the paper of 1993 by Harper, Hansel, and Plotkin. I was pretty psyched in the summer of 2019 when I got to meet Furio Hansel, which rounded out the list of authors for me as I'd met Harper and Plotkin previously to that. Anyway, uh, the Edinburgh Logical Framework, out of Actually, that was quite important for me because, um, mostly because it was important for all these other people. And um, I didn't know, I, that's that for a lot of American researchers, that was actually one of the first things they'd heard about type theory. It's a little sad. I mean, no offense to LF, which is pretty great, but it's it's um, not, it's, it falls a lot, quite short of what I would consider a type theory that of, um, of broader interest. It has a very special purpose. And it's very good at this special purpose. It's for formalization of, um, well, of whatever you like, um, but with a particular emphasis on being able to formalize things that have binding structure. 
So programming languages, certainly, but also logics and logical theories and all this kind of thing. And so in this field of mathematical knowledge management, uh, researchers are interested in devising ways to um, support the formalization of mathematics. And uh, so anyway, the, uh, the system is called, uh, well, the, the module system is called MMT, um, Modules for Mathematical Theories. And um, it's a bit different from the module systems we've talked about. And uh, in some ways, I think it is simpler and possibly, at, and, and, and they argue in the, the paper, which I'll link in the show notes, that it's a, at least as powerful as, you know, a lot of these competing ones. So I think it's actually a pretty awesome idea. Um, and, and it has a very nice paper. Uh, it's a pretty long paper. It's 90 pages. And, um, but I can heartily recommend the, the beginning parts of it, which are not, which are just in prose and... Um, so it's not like super mathematically dense. Later on in the paper, there's a, quite a bit of formalization to describe their module system. And I must confess that I didn't work through that yet. But uh, there's an introductory part that covers a lot of terminology and concepts for module systems. It's like a survey um, and a kind of even more than a survey. It's kind of like a proposing a nomenclature for different features of modules, module systems and kind of trying to give a unified view of them. And it's really great. Uh, I, I did not like completely absorb all their terminology, but I really appreciated that they were trying to bring some order to kind of a, you know, sort of a zoo of different systems and approaches out there. So this is really, a, that just in itself was a nice contribution of this paper. Um, and, uh, but the basic thing, if I, and I hope I'm not doing, I mean, it, Again, since I didn't wade through all the details, I I'm, I'm, hope I'm not selling short what they have, but I'm, I'm pretty pretty positive about it, so I, I don't think I'll say, I think I'll be quite supportive in what I have to say. They, um, they basically have this idea of theories and views. So a theory um, would basically correspond, well, see, it's actually... If you compare it to SML, it actually encompasses both a signature and a structure. So remember, in the standard MLS module system, there are structures, which are kind of like these these things that kind of have a um, define a bunch of of stuff. Just as usual in the module system, we have like a bunch of you know definitions of code and types and this kind of thing. And then a signature is kind of like a type for a structure. Well, interestingly, I think quite interestingly, in this MMT modules for mathematical theories in MMT, they, uh, those concepts are actually unified into just a single thing, which is a theory. And a theory can have some uh, constants defined and it can leave some others undefined. So they're kind of abstract, right? And in a signature, actually in a signature, you can have some defined uh, types as, or, you know, they have, what do they call these? Uh, I forgot the terminology in SML, but you can have type um, transparent type definitions and then opaque declarations of types. Um, so, uh, but in MMT, you you just have this notion of a theory that can give some definitions for things, and it can just otherwise just give some named constants without definitions. And they give a nice example from a mathematical motivation of just formalizing structures in algebra, right? So, if you want to formalize a group. The notion of a group 
right? Then you just want to say, well, there are these operations. There's this binary uh, multiplication operation, and there's a, a unit for it, and there's an inverse. And um, you don't want to say what those are. You're giving like a specification. So it's like just an abstract definition of what a group would be. And then you give some axioms. And so in MMT terms, you're just listing a bunch of constants with their types. Here are the constants for the group operations. And here are the, and, you know, they're, they're definitely quite compatible with Curry-Howard and the sentencing. Here's a bunch of constants for proofs of these properties. Like basically, you know, a proof that you didn't write is, you know, not too different from an axiom. So you, you just have your, your um, theory that describes groups abstractly just saying, well, it should also, you know, have some constants that prove these group laws. Um, so, and then to connect theories, you have the idea uh, in MMT of a view. Um, also called or related to, sorry, I'm not quite sure from my not uh, thorough enough reading of this nice paper, um, uh, also like a morph, uh, theory morphism. So it's basically just something that gives definitions of the constants of one theory um, in terms of another theory. So it's a way of passing from one, one set, set of constants to another set of constants. Uh, so um, anyway, I think this is a very, uh, very nice simplifying perspective. Just like we just have these, these things, they call them theories, whatever you want to call them, that contain, define, you know, definitions for things or possibly just specifications of things where we don't define uh, a symbol. And then we can have mappings from these things to other similar things. Uh, so, I mean, that sounds similar to functors, right? You might say, well, how's it different from just functors in SML that are just mappings from modules to modules, you know, from structures to structures? Say, well, the difference is here, the, the theory morphism is what would actually, or the, sorry, if I said it wrong, the view, yeah, or theory morphism is what actually connects what would, if say you have, um, yeah, say again, you have this like theory for groups where all this, all these symbols are all don't have definitions. They just have their types. And then say you want to show that a particular structure is a group, then you'd write out that particular structure. But how would you make the connection between the abstract structure that tells you what a group should be and this particular concrete thing that you claim is a group? You make that connection with a theory morphism, with a view. You specify, and it's simply saying, well, it's just connecting up. Okay, this abstract symbol over in the abstract theory of groups, the, the multiplication should be mapped to this particular operation in my concrete theory that I'm saying is an instance of the group theory. So anyway, I, I think it's really nice. And I like that um, we we get some a little bit other ideas kind of here in, from this different area of mathematical knowledge management rather than just programming languages, um, as, as great as programming languages are, of course. So anyway, I'm going to link that paper. And uh, again, it's pretty long, and some of the later parts of it look pretty technical, but the beginning 20 pages or so is totally readable and a really nice survey um, of all this stuff. So, okay, anyway, I'm out and about. I'm doing a CSA pickup. <laughs> so we need to stop now. But um, thanks a lot. And uh, thanks for listening. And again, hit me up if you want to get in touch and tell me about yourself and anything you want to hear about. And see you next time.